Hey folks, this is Jason Aller with the Learning Vox Podcast. Uh, really happy to have you guys back for a part two of our interview with Ross Sabo. Uh, we really hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, we had a bunch of takeaways. I'm here with Christian to dive deeper into kind of what we learned and some of the bigger takeaways. Yeah, man, uh, I'm really excited to dive into, you know, some of the main points that were made at this training. And uh, but man, before we get going, you know, how are you getting ready to start this new year and, and how are you enjoying your last couple of weeks of summer? Well, um, we're gearing up for a first birthday party for our son. Um, he's been sick for most of the month of July, but nothing too serious. Just uh, the normal stress that goes with that. So we're craving the structure. It's probably like some of our kids ready to get back. Oh, so. yeah. Well, and, and, and I'm glad you, you mentioned that because, you know, as we get ready for the year, I think uh, that's something important to remember is, you know, when our students walk through that door, we have to remember that a right. lot could have changed in, in the summer and, mm-hmm. you know, life events happen and, you know, often they happen away from school without that structure that you mentioned. And so we, we got to be ready to, to help our kids uh, yeah, man. where they are. What about you? Last uh, few weeks of summer, what yeah, you been doing? Uh, doing a little bit of cleaning at the house. Um, just making sure that whatever list my wife puts on the fridge, I get it done and just enjoying, you know, running at whatever time I want, uh, playing with my dog, traveling a little bit. Um, but yeah, just enjoying the last couple of weeks and you got a few meetings to, to set some goals and, and, yeah. and set up for the year. Yeah, it's all, it's all starting to ramp up a little bit. Well, we wanted to change a little bit of the structure of our show uh, and give you guys a little bit more of a concrete way to think about things and some takeaways as you walk away from our Learning Walks podcast. And so we're going to break these down into laps. So today we have actually four laps for you. We'll try to get through it as quickly as possible, but we want to make sure we're hitting some highlights. So on lap one, we really just wanted to do a quick hit review of some of the things that Ross talked about in the interview. Um, and some of the biggest takeaways that we got that might, um, you know, be important for our listeners to remember. So, Christian, what do you want to start with as far as lap one and, and reviewing what Ross talked about? You know, one of the things that he talked about in that interview is how when they started that school and, and they offered that guaranteed class to students to learn about what mental health is and how to communicate their uh, stage uh, of their mental health was mental health literacy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a crucial point because in order for students to be able to communicate efficiently about their feelings and their mental health and for teachers to be able to understand, there's got to be that common language. And so I thought that was a really good point that he made about having common language equals clarity. And right. uh, one of my favorite authors, you know, Brené Brown says, clear is kind, unclear is unkind. And so mm-hmm. I think being able to uh, clarify on what exactly are we talking about? Are we having a bad day right. or are we miserable? Something crazy happened at home that we need to take care of. So that was something that, uh, that really stuck with me. Yeah. And when you say mental health, it's just such a wide range of things that you could talk about. And so I love the spectrum that he used, that example of on one end, you might have someone who doesn't really struggle. They, they kind of wake up and they, they go about their day and they're happy-go-lucky. And we can probably all think of some folks like that. And they just don't need a lot of help with, with their mental health. And we, you know, those of us who struggle with mental health, we might not necessarily like those people. Right? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> and, and comparing it to the physical health as well, you know, there's some people who can eat whatever they want. They don't exercise and they stay fit and they stay trim. And that, you know, and, and the mental health spectrum can operate in a very similar way to someone who maybe doesn't need to do much to, to keep up their mental health versus someone who might need some help. They need to go on some walks. They need to talk to friends and, and do that to kind of unwind from the day. Um, all the way up to maybe you're attending a therapy session 
Maybe you do that on a regular basis. Um, maybe you need some kind of constant um, care for yourself to make sure that you're getting through in a healthy way. Yeah, yeah. And well, then, and, and I think, sorry to interrupt you, but no. I, I thought the, the important part of the spectrum was um, the comparison of how flexible it is. You know, we talk about our, our physical health and how that's a flexible journey we're all in. Right. And it changes all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and, and uh, as far as our mental health, like, what you mentioned is that person that maybe hasn't had a lot of stressors in their lives mm-hmm. could potentially enter a stage in their life where they now have a lot of things to, to handle and now they right. need help. So right. understanding that dynamic, I think is important. Yeah. And knowing it is a dynamic scale and depending on the day that you wake up, you might find yourself on a different part of that scale. And so, uh, that was a very helpful illustration for me. Uh, the next one I wanted to talk about was that comparison to physical health again, but going about it in the way that you teach and talk about mental health, especially in a school setting, right? Um, and, and he talked about this in terms of taking a public health approach, you know, and so we've all been through a PE class where they talk about how your body works and, and the right foods to eat and exercise and what you can do to care for your body. But we're not necessarily following kids around. We're not judging um, what they do at home. That's completely out of our control, right? Well, and, and I think one of the things he mentioned was, you know, when people hear about implementing mental health classes in school, they fight you because they think, you know, well, we're not therapy centers. Right. And he said, that's right. I, you know, he would mm-hmm. agree with that because we're schools and, and we're going to have school happening at, sc- at school. And, right. And so understanding that we are there to inform students and to create common language but we're not there to provide therapy as far as in the classroom. I mean, that's, that's right. that would be um, a little too much to ask of our educators. Right, that therapeutic versus public health approach. And so we educate, we tell them best practices, we tell them ways they can care for themselves. It's up to them and how they implement that. Absolutely. Yeah, and there's some freedom that comes with that. And so that was uh, definitely something that stood out to me. Moving on to lap two. Um, this was kind of the, the showcase thing that we learned as far as at the training, this was actually in the name of the actual training was, you know, telling your, your story as far as an educator and, and telling the story of your journey with mental health. And so that was a brand new thing to us as far as going into it. Yeah. When I first, uh, read that title, I, um, I thought, man, okay, well, we're going to go in there. We're going to be doing some poetry or, or, you know, what exactly is going to be happening but I think he did a really good job uh, building up the training right. to where by the last day, you know, we're all understanding that in order to normalize mental health, in order to normalize conversations about mental health, we have to do a good job uh, understanding our story and that we have worked through whatever trauma we've had in our lives or whatever obstacles mm-hmm. we've had so that when we do use our story to educate others, we don't do it in a way that we make them feel like they have to come in and help us during that time. Yeah, as you're talking about your story, it is personal, and you are diving into some of the things that may trigger some anxiety, they may uh, bring up some bad memories, and so learning that this was an actual skill that we had to develop, and we practiced, and we workshopped it, and we we got feedback from Ross and Chelsea at the workshop, and uh, learning that skill of telling your story, but uh, make sure that you're maintaining boundaries, Make sure that, like you said, the audience isn't, you know, handing us tissues going, hey, are you okay? Yeah. You know, yeah. They, they, they shouldn't have to care for us emotionally. We're, we're teaching and it's got to, the, the focus is not us. The, the focus is the bridges that we're building on whatever mental health aspect we want to talk about. 
Well, and, and you know, one of the presenters, uh, Chelsea, did a really good job of explaining how to set those boundaries. Right. And when she told her story, you know, she talked about how students were really interested about certain aspects of her story. And if she was willing to share on that day, she would. And if she wasn't, she would just let them know, you know what, that's not something that I want to add on today. And, and, uh, and that's okay. That's my story. And I just hope you understand. And, you know, there's this fear of like, well, if you don't share everything about you, then kids are going to think, you know, wow. You're you, inauthentic. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. inauthentic. Yeah. yeah. And um, she said, you know, actually, students seem to respect that a lot. And teaching them from an early age how to set those boundaries uh, mm-hmm. is really important. And so I really agree with that with that point. Yeah. One of the biggest things of our job last year and in jumping into it, kind of jumping into the mental health world was learning how to set boundaries. And we were doing that as adults. So how valuable that would be for our kids to learn that skill that it's okay to just say, no, I'm not comfortable talking about that, but thank you for asking. Absolutely. That's huge. Yeah. Um, I love the, uh, you know, as far as telling your story, I feel like that was something that we, we were doing last year as we worked with students and I'm sure educators, um, all over are working with students and you want to relate and you want to empathize and you want that student to feel heard and, and you, you will share parts of your story, but learning the ways to go about that and how to structure it. Um, I think it starts with the goals of why do you tell your story? And so the, the two goals that they set out and kind of everything should run through this filter. Number one, you're wanting to decrease the stigma that surrounds mental health, right? And yeah. when we talk about it and we bring it into the light and we do it in an appropriate way, people see that, okay, I, we can talk about some tough mental health things and it doesn't have to end with tears in the room and everyone hugging and kind of this kumbaya thing. That yeah, yeah. You, I think we were a little bit worried going into the training and tell your story. It's not that, right? It's a responsible way, I think, of uh, being able to create an environment in which you seem real to your students and, and uh, they realize you actually don't live at the school. <laughs> but um, at the same time, having those boundaries set so that when you're done with your story, when you, and you know, like, honestly, like where it makes sense to me is a lot of it, it's, it's a year long story that you're telling, right? Cause mm-hmm. kids might have different needs throughout the year. And it's right. just knowing how am I going to handle, you know, whatever's going on in their lives and how am I going to be able to relate to what they got going on? Mm-hmm. Even if we don't have anything to relate to and saying that sometimes, right? right? Like, yeah. I'm sorry that you went through, you know, I can't really relate to, to that scenario. However, I can understand, you know, this feeling or whatever it is that you can you can make sense of, but you don't always have to tell a story to be able to relate. Sometimes students hearing your true self and hearing that you you might struggle to relate in that aspect, mm-hmm. it's okay and it's validating to them. Right. Yeah, so decreasing the stigma, getting it out in the open, trying to get students more comfortable in talking about mental health, and maybe not even students. Maybe uh, one of the interesting things that we talked about was you might share your story with other adults in the building, and that's a way to, to build empathy within your building or wherever setting you might find yourself. So decreasing the stigma. And then number two, the, the next goal being increasing help-seeking behavior, right? Um, we can all think of stories where maybe a student reaches out for help and, and wherever they're at in that journey, it's so much further down the line where it's a big problem now, where if they would have reached out sooner, if they would have recognized those red flags and those warning signs, we could have done maybe more to help. Well, and I think a lot of it comes down to self-worth and it it comes down to, uh, no matter where you're at, if you're in education, you're helping students that need validation. You're right. helping students that maybe they're not getting it at home, you know, and, and you might look at it in a way that's like, well, that's the parent's job to do that. 
well, you know, a good friend of mine once told me that if they are getting it at home, then what's the damage of getting extra love and yep. getting it twice? Yep. You know, there's no damage there. And so understanding that it's okay and that you're in the business of, of validating the students and understanding how to create, you know, a good citizen that can come out in the real world and be able to um, talk about their feelings and their emotions. Uh, I think that's a very, very important role that schools have to play and take that very seriously. Right. And I know for me, as, as I was sharing my story, there is, you know, there's that doubt that creeps in. There's that self-consciousness. you you are opening yourself up and being vulnerable, even with boundaries. Um, but then you kind of realize it's just not about you. Right. As I tell my story on the surface, it, it does seem very personal. It does seem like all eyes are on me. But we learned as everybody crafted their story and we gathered at the end and everyone took turns sharing, you know, when you were telling your story, you know, I was listening and I'm thinking about what you went through, but I'm really, I'm, I'm taking those bridges that you built and I'm applying them to my own story. Absolutely. Right. And so it takes a little bit of the pressure off and maybe some of the self-consciousness to where I can use my story uh, but really it's getting people to self-reflect on their own. Yeah, and, and I think that's what it ultimately comes down to is, is the more we self-reflect, the more we know ourselves, the better we can help others. And, and we can recognize when somebody is maybe just looking for attention or they actually need right, help. Right, right. Well, before we jump into lap three, where I tell my story, uh, that's, that's kind of what we wanted to do. We wanted to give you a takeaway. We wanted to give you a version of what this may sound like. And so I'm going to take my story that I crafted, um, at the workshop with the help of Ross and Chelsea. Uh, and in lap three, I'll be giving you my story. Go ahead, man. Let's do it. Awesome. So for most of my life, my relationship with mental health was almost non-existent. Um, I was able to kind of deal with the daily stressors of life, not to say that life was perfect or that life was easy. Um, but I never felt the need to take that extra step, um, to seek help, to seek, um, you know, extra, um, help to get me through any kind of thing I was going through at that moment. Um, this would all change, um, actually last fall when my son was born in August of 2021, uh, for as, as long as I can remember, I always wanted to be a married man and have kids. And this was something I was so thrilled about um, to, to welcome our, our child into the world. And probably for the first about eight or so weeks, I um, was kind of operating off, off adrenaline. And once that wore off and, and a combination of that and, and sleep deprivation and taking a new role in my career and coaching an in-season sport, it all just became, it kind of became too much uh, to the point where I did have to take that step and say, you know, hey, as soon as football season's over, I got to get some help. I got to do something. I can't continue on like this. Um, really, for the first time in my life, experiencing uh, just levels of, of depression and, and anxiety and, and self-doubt and, and lack of self-worth to the point where I knew that something had to change. Um, and so through that, um, actually got set up with a counselor here in town, um, was able to talk through some of those things, uh, realize a lot of the, um, the lies that I was believing, uh, realized some of the, the unhealthy coping me mechanisms that I was going through, uh, and learned how to deal with those in a more healthy way. Um, learned how to process, um, some of those negative thoughts that were going through my mind in, in a much better way. And, and even through that counseling process, uncovered some of the trauma from my childhood that um, really had, hadn't come to the surface until I took time to sit and, and deal with my own mental health. And so 
what I learned through all this experience um, and going through that process for the first time with, with my journey in mental health was knowing that, number one, nobody is immune to it. Um, I had gone through my whole life. I'd even walked with um, some people I'm very close with through their own mental health journeys. Um, and so I, there was sympathy there. But in my mind, I was thinking, well, not me. You know, I love them. No shame on them. But that's not me. I can deal I can get through, I can muscle my way through whatever comes. And so learning that nobody was immune to that. Um, and then also just knowing that it takes a lot of humility, takes a lot of courage to stand up and say that you need help. Uh, the biggest bridge for me was I was going through what should have been a really happy time in my life. Uh, welcoming our first child, taking a new job I was really excited about, uh, coaching the sport that I love. And it ended up being one of the tougher times in my life. Um, and so for me, it was asking myself the question, um, as I look at people now, who do I know that is seemingly going through a really positive time? Uh, they just got married. They just got that dream job. They, uh, whatever, fill in the blank where life should be good and, and making sure that I'm checking on that person and looking for signs and uh, making sure that I'm caring for people um, because it could be a really happy thing, but change is change. And when you introduce that change in your life, it can be um, very difficult for people to walk through that. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that story. And I think something that I noticed, which obviously we worked on it, uh, at the training, is how you told that story from a point of, here's what happened, here's what I did about it, and this worked for me. Mm -hmm. And I think the important point of that is that you're not telling others that they need to go and sign up for therapy. Right. You know, that worked for you. That might work for somebody. However, in your role as an educator, you're not out there telling kids, hey, you need to go, ther go to therapy because that's what's going to work for you and it's going to fix all your problems. Mm -hmm. You know, you're just sharing your story in a way that says, hey, these are the things that are working for my life. So that was something that I really liked. And the other point is how you learn a lesson <clears throat> and now you are using that lesson to help others. Right. And you're now yeah. looking for others that might be in a similar situation, and you're now an advocate for those people. Right. So I really liked how you, those two points that you made there. Um, and I think that's a very responsible way of telling a story that has a message that people can relate to because at some point, you know, they're going to start struggling with some of their mental health. Right. And recognizing it, finding whatever works for them is important. Uh, so, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, man, thank you. Well... We want to jump into our final lap, lap four, uh, a real quick one, just to um, maybe gear up for school a little bit. And, and as you enter in, you, you take a, the mental health aspect into your planning uh, with this new batch of students that you're going to have. So in lap four, uh, we just want to give a message of keeping it simple. And yeah. it can seem daunting. I have to introduce all this mental health curriculum. I have to talk about definitions. I got to learn how to tell a story. I got to do all these things. That's really not the point, right? Yeah. yeah no. I mean, I think the biggest thing is being true to yourself, right? Like, where are you in, in your journey? Right. Uh, and it could be, I'm still Googling what mental health is, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it could yep. be as simple as that. And that's fine. Like, we've all gone through that. And I think one of the points that was made at this training was like, your one point for advocacy for mental health could be just having that definition for mental health in your on your board right like just having that like knowing that that's the definition for mental health mm -hmm. or you know having a couple examples of a what a mentally healthy adult or young right. adult uh, should be like that's yeah. it 
and I, and I think if you try to do too much, uh, let's say you are very early in this process or you're just not comfortable talking about it, like you said, be true to yourself because if you're not and you're stepping into a place where you're really not comfortable and maybe you're not as knowledgeable as you'd like to be, the kids will see that, right? Yeah. And it'll come across as very forced and awkward and, and that's what you don't want. And so some, some really simple things you can incorporate, like you said, post a definition of mental health and what that is. And maybe you talk with some other colleagues of yours and you guys agree on a good definition of what that is. It's not so much important what that definition is, it's just that you're talking about it. You're just opening up the conversation. Uh, you might do a mindfulness practice, right? Maybe you don't want to lead them through a meditation, but you can put on a, a calm app audio and just let the kids take the first three to five minutes of class and just do that. And it sends a message that, hey, this is important. And we're going to focus on our mental health. And I think that's a, a great place to start, right? Yeah, and whatever comfort level you have, obviously, you know, whatever district comfort level they have. And, and so it's all about starting where you are and not, and knowing that you don't have to have it all figured out. Right. We for sure don't have it all figured out to go into this training. Mm -hmm. If anything, you know, the more you know, the more you don't know. So mm -hmm. we have now more questions and more books that we have to read, more trainings that we have to do. Uh, but we are very, very uh, happy to be uh, continuing this conversation with mental health and, and continue to help our students uh, with that journey. Right. So, yeah, I mean, some real simple things, again, mindfulness, uh, talking about the mental health literacy, getting some language for kids to talk about, you know, the difference between sad and depressed, the difference between good stress and bad stress, the difference between um, stress and anxiety. Um, you know, some of our kids are walking around and think that they have an anxiety disorder when really they're just having a stressful day or two. You know? And to them, the biggest thing is not to come off and tell them like, hey, you don't have that. You're, right. you're crazy. You're not thinking right right now. The biggest thing is to listen to them. But also, if you if you make it clear what the literacy is, what the, those definitions are, to be able to have an intelligent conversation about mm -hmm. what they're going through and right. make them feel supported in the best way you can. Yep. So starting wherever you're comfortable. And if you're doing anything, that's great. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well. That brings this episode to a close. It was a four lap episode. Hopefully, I hope, hopefully we were able to pack a lot of information that you can take into this new year. Uh, we're looking forward to making more episodes coming up soon. And, and we hope everybody can enjoy the last few weeks of summer. Absolutely. We're ready to go. Let's do it. Awesome. Well, this has been the Learning Walks Podcast. This is your host, Jason Aller. And Christian Saavedra. Thank you. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed the show today. If you're interested in learning more about mental health literacy, check the show notes. I've linked a presentation with some basic definitions and some terminology that can get you started, including the spectrum that we mentioned in today's episode and that was in, uh, mentioned in the interview with Ross Sabo. So check that out. If you like the show, leave it a rating on whatever platform you're listening to. Share it with your friends. We'd love to get this message out to as many people as possible. And again, thank you for listening to the Learning Walks podcast.